Hello and welcome again to the Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, I am your host, Alex Gonzalez, with our fellow hosts, Jeremy and John. How's everyone doing tonight? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing, Alex? Doing great. I'm surprised I got promoted to complete host instead of just part-time host. <laughs> I didn't get the message or the contract. Hi, how are you doing, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we got to draft one up then. Uh, great. Well, you know, on this episode today, we are going to take a look at the Slaves of Darkness battle tome. Uh, but before we do so, we are going to talk a little bit about a few different events that came up this past weekend, both an RTT that John went to. He's been pretty active with his Skaven lately, as well as a GT, the First Blood event, Sigmar colon First Blood uh, in uh, Great Britain. But, you know, as always, uh, John, what is on your workbench? Sure. How's it going, Alex? Well, I'll tell you what, I've been uh, pretty busy lately, so I uh, haven't had a do- time to do as much hobbying as I like. Uh, continuing to work on my Primaris Marines. I did a bunch of the new walkers this week, uh, kind of doing some fun stuff with them. Uh, beyond that, I'm actually working on a Funko Pop conversion. I've decided to take the uh, GW Funko Pops and convert uh, different ones to match all the different uh, Imperial armies that I own. So uh, that's that's all 40k stuff, but that's kind of what I've been hobbying up lately. Other than that, uh, you know, it's kind of cold and rainy out here in my part of the world, and so... Uh, Nothing like uh, enjoying a little single malt whiskey on a cold and rainy day. So I poured a uh, couple fingers of the uh, St. George's single malt. Uh, and as always, it is a, a delightful, delightful drink. So that is what I'm up to. Of course, I went to the uh, Fundy AOS tournament over the weekend, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Jeremy, my fellow host of the show, how are you doing this week? I'm sir? doing great. I've uh, felt like I've lived in the cave for the last 48 hours. Uh, mostly like, you know, getting in touch with my inner Archeon uh, and uh, <laughs> mostly uh, spent most, most of my time reviewing the Slaves of Darkness leaks that came out on Saturday uh, and also working a little bit on um, on some of my uh, VRs that I'm planning on probably playing for a little bit next year. I don't know yet. I don't know what next year entitles me, but uh, and enjoyed. Uh, I got a couple practice game of Alex uh, with the new Slaves of Darkness, so he'll get to talk about how much he hates that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. fine. It's super fine. It's not like they've never played as, as that army completely. Um, and then uh, some. I enjoyed some nice touch along the way. I think uh, I think I have to say that I want more weekends like this if I can. Uh, it was it was nice. It was very nice. Aww. How about your how about you, Alex? How was your weekend since you spent eighty percent of it with me, basically? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um well, yeah, it was uh it was good. Um, you know, a lot of hobbying, of course, gaming with you and uh and enjoying of scotch. Um yeah, there was a lot of learning experiences with your uh, with the new Slave to Darkness army. Um, you know, in, in one, it was funny because in two separate games, the emotions were uh, identical, just depending on who it was. You know, in one game, I'm pulling my hair out. In the next game, Jeremy's pulling his hair out. Um, due to some very funky things and some immaculate dice rolls, let's say. Um, however... Uh, I have my OBR on the table. Um, it is on my workbench. I am basically getting what will probably be my LVO list um, all painted up and ready to go. 
um, as well as probably at least a, a list or variations of lists that I can bring for the first uh, portion of the next season for, for ITC. Um, you know, this is all very much dependent, however, on uh, on White Dwarf and whether or not some of the added new rules for Night Haunt are just very sexy. If they are, I have a lot more experience under my belt with Night Haunt, so it's, it's likely that if those rules are really good, that I might just uh, dive straight back into Ghosts for the remainder of the season, or at least for LVO. So who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, that is on my workbench. Uh, Vince, 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 Vince. This is time where we are going to switch segments. Okay, Vince? John, what do you think? Do you think he's ready to switch segments? Vince is never ready to switch segments. Are you kidding me? Just, he's probably just, like drifting off the in the other room somewhere. Ted doesn't even Yoon, know what's going on. AOC, Bernie Sanders. All right, well, now we got his attention. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just use these keywords. We'll make them all... Uh, uh... Those are his words. <laughs> we'll make them political... <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, then all we got to do is say Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. <laughs> or or we can just dive into a John story and he'll be so enamored by it. But then again, that might be distracting. That would be distracting. Um, I already shared a John story in our team <laughs> chat earlier. So I'm, I'm up one for the day. Yes. And it was one that and it was one that had flabbergasted Vince. So yes. <laughs> makes sense. As your stories like to do for most people. Thank you. Um, yeah. You, you should know that um, dr- we drove up to the Fundy tournament. Uh, Michael drove, but um, uh, Russell and uh, Josh were in the car, and so I decided to uh, to lay down a few uh, stories of my youth on those boys. Uh, let's just say there was uh, some some silent moments after that. They didn't know how to take it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, John, I'd like to dive in and talk about the uh, tournament that you went to this weekend. But uh, first, for our listeners, a wild Garrett has appeared. Garrett, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm glad that we can uh, you can grace us with our uh, your presence. So, uh, you know, John, uh, tell us a little bit about this event that you went to. Sure, sure. So I went up to the Fundy ITC AOS 2K tournament that was held at Fundamonium up in Ronert Park in the North Bay there. And this was, of course, ran by our good friend, uh, Miss Willow Ryder. Uh, I think this is the first AOS tournament that she's ran, though she's ran many uh, 40K tournaments over the years. <clears throat> now, I myself went up with a few friends, so we left pretty early. Um, the store itself does not stay open very late, but they open nice and early. So uh, I think we started at 10 and we're done by 630. It was pretty nice. Uh, I myself, of course, brought my Skaven. Uh, basic list, kind of what you guys are used to me bringing. I brought a Gray Seer on a Screaming Bell with the Master of Magic. I brought the Vermin Lord Warp Seer with the Snout Grovel Robes. Uh, two Plague Furnaces, 100 Clan Rats, and 80 Monks. Uh, pretty basic list for me. Uh, so we went into the tournament. Willow put together a real nice packet. Uh, she did use the realms, but we only used it to have additional realm spells. There were no realm command abilities, and there were no realm effects in each round. Uh, okay. So for the first round, I was uh, went in, and I just play, it was uh, Places of Arcane Power. If you guys remember, that's the one where the heroes have to grab the objective. Mm-hmm. I played against uh, teammate uh, Russell Worsnip who brought in the Ogre Maw Tribes. And he brought a a list that was very unique, a little experimental. Um, It sucked really bad. 
And uh, he admitted that and kind of knew that by the end of the day, but it was mostly based around lead belchers. So there were some like uh, three big cannons and then, uh, I don't know, six or seven units of lead belchers and some other shooty guys. And that was the whole list. And uh, I imagine it could have done some good, or especially if you had a more elite army. Uh, but he didn't. He wasn't getting good rolls uh, against my army, and he just didn't have the, uh, the enough shooting to take down the body. So that was a, a good game, but uh, I won that one pretty handily. Um, in the next round, okay, round two, uh, I was knifed to the heart in Akshi, so Realm of Fire, and a couple, again, a couple spells. But uh, we had uh, a game against Mr. Daniel Callahan. And, of course, I mentioned him on occasion. Mm -hmm. He was playing against the big or playing with the big wah. He had uh, a maw crusher, some ard boys, uh, gore gruntas, uh, the whole basic uh, big wah kind of an army. And, again, we were playing, you know, knife to the heart. And, boy, we went at hard. We really did. Um, there was a point where uh, I sent a unit of monks out and they killed off uh, like six pigs and some characters that he was bringing in on my flank. And then he jumped his maw crusher in. And of course, I didn't have death frenzy up. So that maw crusher killed an entire block of 40 monks. Uh, but they did do like six mortal wounds back with their spurting icor. And then that maw crusher was just sitting out on the open. And I sent the uh, Vermin Lord Warp Seer to go attack and assault him. Uh, I threw the ball on the way in. I shot him with the tails. And that was enough to finish him off. It was actually pretty amazing. <laughs> so uh, I was pretty amazed. I, I managed to kill the Maw Crusher basically with spurty Icor and throwing my balls at him. So I, I'm kidding. curious on Knife to the Heart. Did you guys only make it to turn three or top of three or bottom of three? Or did you guys actually go past that? Oh, we made it to, um, we called it at turn four, actually. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so what happened was um, after uh, I killed the Maw Crusher, he, you know, the, the Vermin Lord uh, was killed immediately after that. And so I was left with a pretty solid castle. And back in his, on his objective, he had a unit of the, um, of the Ard Boys. And then he had another unit of Arrow Boys uh, blocking my gnaw hole behind that. And then a couple characters in the middle, including a nice melee character. I had jumped in an entire uh, buffed up block of uh, monks. They had death frenzy, everything on them. Uh, but they were like 21 inches away from the edge of his objective. And so even I ran, I rolled a six. I was able to move them 13 inches. Um, and then basically he was able to bring his stuff forward off his objective and counter charge and shoot them. And with no morale support, they vanished. And we were, rather than playing turn five, we just talked it out. And basically all I had left was my ability to jump another unit of clan rats. It was going to be too far away from the objective. So he would have been able to, again, come back out and just slaughter them. And so that's kind of what happened is he, after I killed the Maw Crusher, he didn't have enough stuff to come into my castle and kill anything, but I didn't have enough mobility because all I could do was shoot one unit at a time through a gnaw hole back to where he was. So uh, we just called it, a, called it a game. And it was, I definitely won on kill points, but Willow was not doing that, so it was a straight draw for us. Interesting. So you didn't get the minor victory as the mission would normally dictate? 
Exactly. Yeah, I did hmm. not get the money. Because at the end, I'm like, okay, well, it looks like I get a minor victory at least. And Will was like, no, not in my tournament. No kill points, no minor victory. You guys got a tie. I'm like, ah, okay. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> Interesting. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. They- I mean, so tech. Yeah, per the standard mission, I would have got a minor victory there. Well, how was your uh, third game, John? Uh, thank you. Uh, so going into round three uh, was Star Strike, and I was playing against a gentleman I had not met before. Um, he actually works at the game store there and is quite the experienced gamer. Uh, 40K AOS, used to play fantasy back in the day, owns you know a dozen armies in each game system. So very experienced gamer, Mr. Robert Anderson, and he was bringing Night Haunt with him. Now, uh, I'm not sure how long he's been playing Night Haunt, but he had a beautifully painted and themed army, and he actually had brought a table to the tournament, and so we played on his table, which was themed to match his army. So it was actually really cool. I was playing on kind of a a death snow-themed table against snow-themed Night Haunt. Now, his list was uh, Lady Oleander, uh, Rykanor, a Spirit Torment, Guardian of Souls, Night of Shrouds, Vampire Lord... Uh, 20 Grimgast Reapers and 40 of the Chain Rasp. And then he also brought a uh, battalion uh, that's uh, Shroud Guard. Yeah, with the Blade Ghasts and Reikoner. Yes, yeah. Standard order. Yeah. No, it's all standard stuff. It, it, nothing seemed out of the order there. Uh, for So it was Star Strike. And uh, he gave me top of the turn. And I basically used that opportunity to uh, reinforce my bubble wrap <laughs> and didn't go anywhere. And he was real surprised by that. Uh, and Star so, Trek, where, what were you going to do? Right. That's yeah. what I said, right? It's so, like, why would you be surprised? It's Star Strike. You yeah. don't almost never do anything on Star Strike. So uh, what I did do, though, is I did set some stuff up. Like I said, I reinforced yeah. my bubble wraps and all that. So uh, round two comes in, and the um, Star Strike comes in at position uh, 10 from his perspective. So 12 inches off of my left board edge, right? And... He got the top of that turn, and so he was immediately able to move a uh, unit of the Chain Rasps onto there. Uh, He was actually able to get 19 of them on, and uh, so he scored that objective. And then on my turn, um, I didn't charge, but I ran Clan Rats up, and he had 19 Chain Rasps, so I put exactly 20 Clan clan Rats on the edge of the zone. Now, we were using those new... Um, objective markers that I got from you, uh, Garrett. Super so, handy, aren't they? Like they just eliminate uh, arguments. Like you they just, do eliminate easy. arguments, but they do change how the game is played. Oh yeah, no, because you can literally know where how to zone out objectives. You like, I am towing into the objective and blocking that's, you off. That's you can do exactly crazy what I stuff. did. Yeah, yeah, no, I you had, can do crazy stuff with them. It really frees two- up your uh, tactical mind. Oh, right, right. It, it was it was amazing. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's less measuring, so everything goes faster. And as you exactly just described, I had two rows of clan rats on the objective and one row toe in at the edge of the objective zone. So exactly took that objective. Now, he went ahead and also sent uh, Lady O and another thing of uh, chain rasps. And uh, I forget which character. I think it was... Um, Maybe the uh, Guardian or something like one of the guys with the buff buff bubble. And he sent them against my right flank and kind of tied up some clan rats and stuff over there. And 
Um, those of you that have played me or heard me play know that I'm a, a big believer in running away with my Skaven. And that's actually one of the most powerful things in the entire army is the ability of both characters to run out of combat and for clan rats to run out of combat or excuse me, to retreat from combat and then recharge in the next turn. I mean, it's very Skaven like, so it's not it's 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 very flavorful for a Skaven army. Right. Very flavorful. And so with no surprises, I did a whole lot of that kind of stuff. Um, He charged in against my bubble wrap. He, of course, killed a bunch of clan rats, but not as many, I think, as he thought. Uh, he was going to, and I went ahead and retreated off on the right flank with, uh, with all the clan rats. And I charged in with a plague furnace and, uh, some more plague monks. And that kind of collapsed that side. I ran those monks back and those were some ones that I had ready to jump around on the left side where we were sitting on the edge of the objective. He brought his, uh, grim ghasts in against my clan rats. Of course, Killed the heck out of them, but I had managed to put um, Death Frenzy on them. So as they were dying, they were swinging back, and we killed off a bunch of the Grim Gas as well. And bottom line is, he was able to take the objective, but I had enough clan rats left that on my turn, I just piled them in, and now I had enough to take the objective again. And by that time, I had brought in my second unit of monks, they charged into the middle of the Grimgast, the Chain Rasp, his um, like three characters, and basically kind of killed everything at that point. And so by the end of turn four, he basically had two or three models left, and we called it a day. Wow. So well, it was a good. That huh? sounds like a really good game. It was a really good game. I, I mean, I had a lot of fun. It was neat. When I charged in with the monks on the left, um, I should have mentioned that my star strike came down literally in the center of where I had my entire army. It like landed <laughs> almost underneath my general and was already wrapped by a huge thing of clan rats. His objective came down as close as possible to the objective that was already in the center. And so when I charged in to kill the stuff off the center objective, I was also able to swing enough guys onto his objective and take it as well. And that's kind of why we called it is on, you know, end of turn four, I was holding all three objectives. So. Okay. Well, and and that was it. So that was my, my entire day, super fun tournament. Uh, I managed to take second place going in with the, uh, the Alex Gonzalez method and uh, kind of submarined myself right into second <laughs> yeah. place with yeah. two wins and a tie. And of course, uh, my teammate, uh, Mr. Michael Birch was also there. Uh, he is not a submariner. He went right over the top with his uh, OBRs and uh, of course took first place once again. Yes. Congratulations on Michael. He was on the show last week and, uh, on that win on his, uh, double crawler OBR list. We don't have to talk about it because we've had enough of a discussion of OBR, especially that list with them in the last episode. But, uh, I'm glad that you were absolutely, I'm glad you were able to get such a wide spread with your, um, with the, the armies that were there at that event. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was nice. I, you know, it's, um, you know, like I said, I, I played, Two people that I, I hadn't played Russell in in more than a year. I always enjoy a game against Daniel. And then Robert was a new guy that I had, or he's not new, but new to me that we had never played before. So in my mind, that's great. Plus three different armies. Uh, you know, the thing is, I am a little disappointed at this point because uh, 
I have yet to play against OBR, and uh, I'm still a little afraid of them. I think I need to to make a point and, and play against Michael a couple times, let the OBRs uh, bash up my rats a little bit so that I'm not so afraid of them, and then I'll be ready for, for LVO after that. Quite frankly, Skavener actually a great choice against uh, Bone Reapers. Great. I think I think Jerry might really? be in agreement with that one there. Ooh, I'll have to uh, talk to you guys a little bit offline about uh, how I should approach yeah. something like that. I see the the big weakness in the kind of lists I run is my lack of shooting. I mean, and uh, my understanding is that to, you need really uh, good shooting to, to be like successful against OBR. Completely gimp uh, that army effectively. Uh, they like for the most part like. High mortal wound and durable units also mm. works pretty well uh, against them because you're trying to bypass as many of their save mechanics as you can. Uh, but for for the most part, I mean, it sounds stupid because like most games are like, why isn't every army oh, got supposed you. to be a high mortal wound output and bypassing saves? Yeah, except uh, OBR is one of the few armies where literally that's that's that has to be a strategy because they have way more saves <laughs> than most armies. Uh, I think the other uh, thing is OBR technically has a slightly lower model count army than other armies. So like high mortal wound output, you know, it, 10 mortal maybe. wounds only kills 10 clan rats, but 10 mortal wounds kills half yeah, a unit of, yeah. you so know, really, more tech guard or know, two like, stalkers yeah, or something like Michael that. So. Lich, right, right. right. Uh, with uh, the, what's it called? Uh, the catapults, right? When you're Skaven, you're seeing your... That could really hurt your plague monks, like because of the mortal wound uh, uh, shot. Or, sorry, the bravery divine shot. But then you take, I don't know, some storm. Right. Fumes, you're like, I don't care. The as bravery much. shot, yeah. And there you go. So it's just like it's. It really depends on like how you want to build the list. Also, like there isn't uh, OBR's major weakness is that it doesn't do well against like um, kind of like deep strike uh, and very fast armies. Uh, so that's another dynamic that they're they're having a hard time against, uh, especially if they're armies which are like Michael Bush's list, which are dependent on these kind of like single piece artillery pieces. So overall, yeah, that, that should not especially be since those things. Uh, yeah, especially no, since they don't, don't ignore line of sight. So if you're playing like Sylvan, you just throw a tree right up, up in front of them. Not giving like, cool. a catapult, ignore line of sight. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that might Fair be the enough. only it's, catapult. It's uh, that, but remember, it's not a catapult. And, uh, it's a trebuchet. Thing, we'll talk about later in the Slaves of Darkness review because I, 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 it's just there's there's a thing there too about that. Uh, there is a thing in there. However, let's let's go nice. on and we'll talk a little bit about an event that did happen in the UK. It is a uh, we're, we're going to talk about it real quick. Um, you know, it's a event called Sigmar First Blood. So besides it sounding like an action film, um, it had 39 players and, you know, in, in Great Britain, you know, they got that uh, glorious uh, UK meta. Um, real interesting spread between what was there and, and what wasn't. Um, however, uh, you know, first, second, and third were Hedonites, Iron Jaws, and Cities of Sigmar. Now, Taking a look here, before we started this recording today, uh, we've we've taken a quick peek at most of these lists, and you know, with Slanash, it's pretty standard order. Um, you know, with with the Iron Jaws, 
um, and by the way, first place is uh, won by Michael Wilson. So congratulations on that. Um, second place was Chris Tomlin with his uh, Iron Jaws. Uh, again, pretty standard order. It was an Iron Fist Battalion. But uh, we wanted to take a look at that third uh, place player, the Paul Buckler with the City of Sigmar. Now, I have my own thoughts about this list, but before we dive in, I'd like someone to, uh, you know, give a little bit of a breakdown of this list. Now, Jeremy, you were the first one who showed interest in this list. Can you tell us a little bit about what was, uh, uh, well, let's you know, what were some of the, the kind of key components of it? Six Scourge Runner Chariots, which is a unit I don't think you've ever, ever seen on the table. Ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh well, until Cities of Sigmar came yeah, out. So it's a it's a very different like because now well, I've seen me, them a it, bunch. Mechanically speaking, it's it's not the traditional Sig- Cities of Sigmar list that do that see performing well, which are very heavily shooty uh, built. Uh, I do appreciate. I mean, I mean this not, is not a shooty build with six Grudrunner chariots, twenty sisters of the watch. Just not like the pen ultimate like you know <laughs> bridge of shadows uh let me just teleport a bunch of 30 uh crossbowmen across your face uh uh but it is it is um it is also like interesting because he took Fairs, uh, which is you know the mounted uh storm cast yeah i mean to be honest the models look the ugly never as used as unit in the entire uh, game the, uh, uh he also took you know the the Night Vexilor, so you can have the Pendant of the Stormbringer, which lets them teleport, I'm guessing, the Desolator across the table, um, which is, you know, seems pretty good strategy, considering it's a pretty hard, hardy unit to go chew through. Um, but for the most part, it's just, it's a living city. So the, the gimmick here is like, he teleports to his Desolator, which have guns, they shoot, he spends a command point, they get to move after shooting, and then they are now in like, what, like four or three inches away from your opponent? Yeah, so perfect. And then they get to charge. And now you, you get to fight. Three inches. They have a 10 inch move. Yes, uh, right on turn one. <laughs> Which desolators, the one thing about them is that yeah. if you have six, they all go up to like six attacks or something. Yeah. Like that. Wow. Like, yeah, desolators, they get more attacks based off the number of models in the unit, but nobody ever takes them because it's 600 points. And if you lose one guy, you lose like three attacks a model or something like that. But six desolators has a ton of damage output. But yeah, I guess with Living City, you just Night Vex- Vexler them, shoot their breath weapons, move them forward, and then charge. You don't have to worry about them yeah, getting also, across the table and dying. They also and they have, actually can just pummel and do a ton uh, of damage. You know, lots of attacks from the club, So it's an interesting concept. Which is really good. Uh, but uh, yeah, the plus two attacks for a unit of six for each model. Mm-hmm. It says while this unit has four, I think it's like plus four attacks for that. You get plus two at uh, while this unit has six um, or more. Add two to the attack character instead, and six or more. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. go to five attacks a piece at a two inch so range, four, three, rend, one, two damage. That six is models. amazing. Yeah, and then you have the three attacks at threes and threes, rend one, one damage, and six to wound would be six damage. Um, but the, so. the problem, you know, outside of that is that <laughs> so the army he lost against actually is the number two position army, which is the Iron... Um, I think, was it a big wall or was it an Iron Trust? I forgot. It was it was an orc list. Uh, and uh, it's so it was, you know, it's not like he, he lost 
Like it's it's he won, and only that he the only loss he got he was against the number two player. So it's pretty shockingly. I thought he did. No, he didn't. He lost to not the number two player actually. No, uh, the OCR Bone Reaper player oh, lost to the number two. He did lose to an Iron Jaws list, but it was not the number two yeah. Iron Jaws. Got it. It's very they're family, very familiar. It's similar. Yeah, Steve. List. He lost to Steve Phillips. All right. Well. Yeah. Oh, it. Yeah, there's that. There yeah, is no the, uh, Skaven the in this entire tournament. A, either. It's kind of weird. The glorious UK no meta. Play Skaven in the I guess so. Of, uh, England. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. It's been pied piper. Oh right? boy! Oh, saw that one coming. <laughs> so Alex, so Alex, as a you know burgeoning OCRC Bone Reefer player, I'm looking because I'm I'm curious about seeing how OCRCs are doing these days, and I see that fifth place he lost to the number two spot against Iron Jaws. Is there any particular reason you see that? Like, is there any reason why uh, OCRCs uh, Iron Jaws could do well against uh, OCRCs or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's just about how hard they can hit each other. And I mean, of course, tactics will play a role in this one. But I mean, he's only got two units of 10 and then one unit of 20 more tech guard, um, which, you know, is good. But like when they get hit in the face with uh, like real buffed up uh, Grand Wog, if it I mean, I need to double check. Was was he Grand Wog or was he true Iron Jaws? He was Iron. He was actually Iron Jaws. He was Jaws. true Iron Jaws. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know. Well, taking a look at, at least on my end of things, I'm seeing that besides the battle line being a little, you know, tiny by comparison, um, the units he uh, had as a part of it, I mean, he only has one harvester um, and then two units of uh, three Immortus Guard are great, uh, but they can be tar pitted easily because they're not very deadly. I mean, they, they can be kind of deadly, but like you, you bring them, you get them uh, charged by, you know, 10 Ard Boys, and they're really not moving for most of the game. Um, you know, the Ard Boys aren't really killing them, and they're not really getting, you know, doing enough damage as well. Uh, the Stalkers and the Archive can be great, but um, really, it depends on what mission it was. I mean, yeah, I'd have to say one thing that'd be really nice uh, if we could see a lot of these missions is if they actually tell us what missions they were. Each it's time. almost like oh, that yeah. should be a feature from uh, Best Coast Pairings. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, one thing great. I am seeing in the Iron Jaw list is he actually has two units of 10 Brutes. Yeah, Brutes will be great against Iron yeah. or, or against Ossiarchs. Yeah, that'll do it too. That'll okay. the two units of ten Brutes all, almost alone could, well, could the, start the problem wiping is out those the Brutes uh, are even better Bone against, Reaper units, especially the ones that aren't so, near the Harvester. Uh, so two elements about that OBR list, and I'm sorry, whoever you are, but I'm going to be very harsh with that list. That list, that list is bad, and it was carried because <laughs> of the mechanics of OBR. That yeah. player either probably wasn't like even if he was a good player, that list is just a bad OBR list. There, I like how oh, I took the time you know, I and the key. I, I was trying to be as careful as possible to be nice. It's about a bad it. list. Like, and then we have Jeremy go. Advantage of it was bad whatsoever. <laughs> like, like uh, it, it's not taking advantage of like That's respawn. True. That is very true like, at all. Barely. Uh, yeah, I was just like, there's just like this. This feels like when I look at this, this one shaper, like a guy who's like <laughs> and one harvester, Tomb King models. 
Like, I bet you it's like a Tomb King, like, base, like, mod, or a converted army. If we have a, it's, it looks like a very fluffy, like, OBR, maybe Tomb King, like, old Tomb Kings. Oh. Army. And it's not a... Yeah. Like, I I honestly... Yeah. It's like, so, you like, think it's, like, the list of, garbage. this is what I have, I so I'm bringing it? it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I guess you really want to protect those really piss poor characters that you have uh so like i i just don't i don't get that list but i yeah yeah and it, the, yeah i mean immortus guard or like stalkers just outperform them so much more archive like why would you bring like harbingers and then you probably want the spirit swords are okay but i guess the unit of two the swords perform are less swingy than the glaives but glaives the are only thing that should be getting spirit swords to make forever now and always like, all you needed to take maybe is well i mean better was yeah like, at no, least it's... one leech cavalos in there like an extra like one extra attack oh yeah, yeah. it would have been great like drop the Immortus Guard. Sure if he can, yeah, it, drop one of the Immortus Guard squads and take a Leech Cavalos and call it a game. D- yeah, the day. battalion is bad. Oh, drop the battalion then. Yeah, drop drop the battalion. Honestly, at 2K, I mean, yeah. I know some people will disagree, especially the ones who are crawler happy. But at 2K with uh, an army that's ex- as expensive points wise as OBR, you, I would be very careful about choosing a battalion. I personally don't plan on using any battalion whatsever yeah. with OBR simply and, because and, of and, how yeah, points no, strange overall, like, I just don't see... So, but going back to the orc list, the reason why that orc list does even... Actually, brutes are typically not very good against single wound models, but since that guy's OBR list has so many four wound models, those brutes are all getting, like, I believe, uh, reroll to hits or plus one to hit. I forgot which mechanic they, they change from one edition to the next, but they, they're getting better, like, hitting abilities against that those wound characters for units, which he has a lot more of than, like, a traditional OBR list. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, AOC, Bernie Sanders, um, Joe Jimmy Biden. Hoffa. Uh, yeah, Jimmy um, Hoffa. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. Yeah. Um, Garrett, so that you don't know, because we don't truly know what to do anymore besides uh, making very like sexual remarks to Vince uh, in order to make him aware that he needs to do things, we need to give triggering key- keywords. So we're... Uh, we're just laying okay. them all out there. I, I picked up on that uh, eventually. I was like, AOC, Joe Biden. Oh, okay. Right. We're just pissing Vince off. Right. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I miss, no, 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 no. Our intention is not to piss him off. Our intention is to get his attention. So um, I would say uh, sure. to, uh, to quote, uh, you know, yeah. George W. Bush uh, Jr., uh, mission accomplished. Um, mission accomplished. <laughs> I, I'm glad someone got a laugh out of that. Wait. Can't wait for his reaction. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I've seen that clip I'm, so many times yo, recently because I've been seeing all these history. I'm just letting videos. you guys know, and I'm gonna re- I'm, I'm gonna make sure that Vince knows right now. I'm fully expecting on like Wednesday afternoon or like Thursday morning getting a private message from Vince, and you're just going like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
And with that, I'm sure uh, plenty of our uh, audience are really excited to really uh, to take a dive and, and you know learn a little bit more about Slaves of Darkness, which is going to be the final Battle Tome released in 2019. And there have been a lot of Battle Tomes released this year. God, I um, hope there's no more. <laughs> that would be funny if there was one more. Right? <laughs> um, but <laughs> surprise. Let's do, um, let's do what Baker's dozen this year. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, with slaves, there were a lot of uh, slaves of darkness. There were a lot of units that you know you've seen maybe like marauders and the mercenaries, or maybe some cheap battle line here and there. But there haven't been a lot that were really truly dedicated to their own keyword. They were really scattered. A lot of these units are scattered around amongst uh, many of the other armies of battle tomes who have a lot more love and a lot more rules. And uh, Jeremy, of course, you have that beautiful, uh, beautifully painted. Uh, ever chosen army that's basically been collecting dust. So, you know, that is, of course, a part of the Slaves of Darkness book as well, with brand new rules to uh, the Gaunt Summoner, Varengard, and Archeon the Ever Chosen. So, you know, we have been able to get some practice games this last weekend. Um, for game number one, uh, I brought a bit of a, com- a, a, you know, variation of what I might eventually bring to LVO. However, uh, you were able to crack open some ever chosen for this. Uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about the list that you wanted to run and why you wanted to run it? Well, for the most part, the, the reason why I got excited about the ever chosen changes is that they actually rolled them in as an into the slaves of darkness uh, to the slaves to darkness instead of making them a separate all, a faction altogether. Yeah. Uh, so they are sub allegiance uh, like fa- or sub faction inside slaves to darkness. Uh, they're interesting because they. They have no command traits, so basically they're built around like Archeon. You have to really take Archeon and that sub legions to make uh, make yeah. it work. They have no relics either, meaning like you cannot take any like ever chosen relics. Well, there's no uh, ever chosen heroes. Uh, I mean, there there is. There's one, but he's a unique. Well, they can ever chosen the sub legions can take any of the units inside the Slaves to Darkness. Oh, okay. They just can't take, uh, like, that just makes it, like, when you take this sub-allegiance, you get no re- relics and no command traits, basically. And well, can you use realm relics? You can use realm relics. So uh, they do have relics. They just use realm relics. That is correct. But the the, the key in, the key part here is, in the old books, the Everchosen used to have uh, Varengard as battle line. Uh, not anymore. Varengards are just not battle line, period. So you have to take Marauders or Chaos Warriors, which is fine, or even to an extent, uh, Chaos Chariots, because uh, they are a battle line for Slaves to Darkness armies. But the the army I played was just because I wanted to bust to bust my uh, Archeon and six Varengard on the table and bring back, uh, you know, and play that game. The reason was, yeah, you know, the army did not function as well as it like could have because there were still still some I was still some tweaks to be made and also I played against OBR and honestly Vanguard just don't hit hard enough for taking down OBR like uh, more tech guards and then in the first few turns I I should have been buffing Archeon instead of the Vanguard I just really wanted the Vanguard to like you know go ham uh but they just bounced off the more tech guards I think like I got charge double activation double damage like everything and they just bounced off like i think killed like five more tech cards. no no dude that first round of combat with a double activating uh six man unit of varengard you killed three models yeah, you killed five God. you killed five but at the end of the combat only three were dead yeah so i mean having having a ren one characteristic against obr uh, petrifex more tech guards is basically like meaningless uh and uh 
And then Archeon also got into combat with them, but uh, because I didn't give him any reroll mechanics, I could have. He just kind of flubbed, um, and which sucked. But unfortunately, that was the way it works. But I really wanted to test out the Ever Chosen Allegiance mechanic, which is that uh, they get a command. Well, firstly, I should start over a little bit. All characters uh, in a Slaves to Darkness uh, um, army get an aura. And it's not located on uh, your War Scroll. It's located as an Allegiance ability to Slaves to Darkness. Arky, and it's based on your mark, sorry, based on your mark. So Corn gets one, Nurgle gets one, so blah, blah, etc. And even Undivided gets one. Archeon has all of the marks, but he has to pick which aura he's using for the battle. Uh, for my game, I was using the Nogo aura, which was probably not optimal for him, but whatever. Uh, and, um, but he, you know, since he has all the marks, he can benefit from any buff that, you know, affects different like mortals uh, or demons or slaves to darkness or hedonites uh, or any marks, basically. So, you know, you, there's some kind of like nice little trickery you can do Varkion. But the point was that his aura is 18 inches on the table in an ever chosen sub allegiance. Uh, as well as the the entire army ignores Battleshock. I don't know why Games Workshop keeps printing books that just has table wide ignore Battleshock mechanics. Please stop. Like yeah. make Battleshock something. Uh, and then um, and then the last mechanics are the uh, the command ability that uh, Archeon gets in that army, which is effectively the old Overlords of Chaos uh, War Scroll Battalion that Games Workshop thought that was too broken for match play and just removed from the game. Uh, and then made it like a stock no cost thing, which is now that when you at the start of your hero phase as the Archeon player, you can spend a command point, roll a dice in secret, look at the dice, and depending on the result, you get to know what the turn order is next turn. So you can play the entire round knowing for sure what the turn order is next round. Now, well, if you don't, you don't, don't have like, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you but, can still roll. <laughs> Yeah, you can still roll. You can take the gamble. You can play like you're going to take the gamble like everybody else, or you can play as if you already know. Uh, so, so yeah. So, like on one th- on a one through three, your opponent takes the priority, and a four through five, six, you take the priority. Basically, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, then your opponent, your opponent, your opponent will have to constantly be like, "Oh, oh, is he is he touching his dice? Is he touching his dice? No, 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 you're not allowed to touch that one." You know, you like in our game, you, you put it under, you put it under a mug, and you kept it tight, which is great. But like in a tournament setting, some players might not have that um, that yeah. privilege. You know, yeah, Ignor- know, ignoring the you know propensity that this is just a super cheesable abuse like people can actively cheat this and it's so hard to keep track of like ignoring that the interesting thing for me is that when 1.0 was around early 1.0 turn order manipulation was rampant and it was a problem you had kairos fate weaver basically guaranteeing you a winning a priority role by setting the die to whatever you need or setting your opponent's die you had lords of the lodge adding plus four to the priority role once per game and it got it got so out of hand that gw had to come out with a rule that said no ability can manipulate the priority role because they realized that manipulating the priority role was so powerful it was causing too many problems and then out of nowhere they release a sanctioned rule that 
explicitly manipulates the turn order. And it's like, yep. what are you doing? Yeah. No, it's it has to be an ever chosen sub allegiance from the slaves to darkness, and it has to have Archeon on the on the table, and he has to be the general. So it is like so you're paying eight hundred points for Archeon, and then you're 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 playing a sub allegiance that gets no command traits, no relics, but you get this command trait and the other sub allegiance mechanics, uh, as well as the slaves to darkness allegiance mechanics. So like to be honest, it's it's a fair cost because like eight hundred points for Archeon. I still think is a discount because I don't, I mean, we haven't really talked about his new profiles, but he got killier in melee. Uh, his mount got killier period. Uh, he degrades less. Now he lost one of his like things that used to be digress. Like he generates two command points a turn. He has a four up shrug like Nagash against mortal wounds. And then on a six up, he bounces it back. Uh, I mean, he, he's a level two wizard. I, I don't know what I, they, they just, oh, and also now, you know, this is for plague monks for you, John. Uh, if you roll six to hit him, uh, you have to reroll all successful sixes. Uh, so, like, there's just like a ton of like things that Archeon just became better. I mean, he used to be 660 points. Now he went back up to 800, which is where about the original points he used to be when he first came out and like in a worse state. Uh, but they made him like drastically better. And his command abilities are, are I mean, they're they're cool. They're okay. It's basically death frenzy for for uh, a CP for a mortal unit. Uh, but it is, uh, it, what's interesting about it is that, uh, you can also use it. And when some, your opponent spends a command point, like, so if your opponent spends a command point, you can just say, I'm going to do by my will and affect, uh, uh, like you don't have to do it in your hero phase. You can do it as a counter to somebody spending a command point to activate. So there's just like, he's, he's just a melee beat stick. And then the fact that he has all these keywords means that like, there's a lot of like neat, neat little tricks you can do with him, uh, with like all the in the book, uh, like you know, but buffing him up and giving him like double activations, uh, rerolling hits and wounds, uh, like or like rerolling saves. Like there's just uh, you, you can build your army around Archeon, and and it's just it's very scary, effectively. Yeah, I think uh, a guy did some math, and in a corn army where you just give him a plus one to hit, reroll all wounds, and plus one attack. And he does between like with and a double pile in because of a slave's uh, chaos lord command ability, and he does a uh, fifty nine to eighty damage on average. Yeah, I guess a four up save. Like the, the, the. Yeah, no, he he got pretty insane. He uh, they nerfed his like uh, king slayer a little bit because they. Um, whatever <laughs> it, it used to, you know, target. It, they brought remote. it in line with modern rules. They modernized it. Don't say well, nerfed. They mod. It's unmodified sixes. It's not modified sixes. No, no, anymore. no. It's nerfed. It used to affect monsters and heroes. Not it only. Now it's heroes. Just oh, it's only heroes. Okay. Yeah. So, but they gave was, the they gave Slayer Kings Ren two though. Yes. Yeah. They gave it Ren two, which was funny when it was only Ren one. It's like, yeah. come on, dude. Uh, I mean, he's he's still four attacks, twos, threes, Ren two, three damage. That's still an insane profile. Oh yeah, yeah. It, so. it's for, there's the the list. I built a list because I, I really want to use Varengard, but honestly, I'm not impressed with Varengard. Like they went up to 300 points, uh, and they and they actually got less killing in melee. Like I mean, some people will argue like, well, uh, they got a little bit better because um, they're more they can, streamlined, but they yeah. they got worse in just the fact that like uh, they they don't their mortal wound mechanic doesn't like trigger on like with pluses to hit anymore. They lost an attack on that. Um, 
like and they're just ran one and, and the lances are ran two if you charge but you have to like it's on, like three attacks only and the mounts got worse like they they but they did give them the ability to take a pre-game mark which was really the only change i wanted them to have uh but now that they're in slaves of darkness it's kind of redundant like meaningless the one last allegiance mechanic i've ever chosen is that you get to pick a which circle these knights are from uh and there are pretty bad like buffs for the knights except for one which is the sixth circle uh which just gives them an extra damage uh when they charge like they become so like most of their weapons are damage one and all of a sudden it becomes damage two um so it's it has potential to to be an okay charging unit but it is like three of them is 300 points it doesn't i think varengard are going to be a now that they can take marks before the battle not needing archeon I think there'll be a fun thing to throw into a Magatkin list or a Blades of Corn list. Just a, a fun little three-man, 300-point unit. I don't know if it's particularly competitive, but I can see you having fun with them and maybe using them just as a you know, distraction card effects or something that with a very strong list and then add them, they won't detriment you too much, but they could be really yeah. fun to use. Yeah, the problem I... Yeah, exactly. There's tough. There are three up save, ten inch move, yeah. five yeah. wounds a piece. Like, like I could see them being okay enough that you can add them to a strong list and they won't hurt your list, and they'll still be you're having your three really cool models in it. Yeah, that's how I I see them. You guys are making good points, except they also change chaos knights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so chaos that, that... knights are just better <laughs> in every way. And so I was just like, I don't. But want that's to... my point: is that Varengard, you use Varengard because you want to. Yeah, exactly. It's like well, you're not hurt using them. Garrett, that's why still... we that's why yeah. we played more than one list. Now his second yeah. list that we played, um, and we also, and this is something I wanted to talk to John about too before this recording. We wanted to try out some different things. So with that Archeon list, things didn't necessarily go uh, uh, Jeremy's way, just simply due to the fact that yeah, there was some, you know, there's a learning curve with the new army, and uh, also. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it ended up being a. Uh, um... Oh boy. Oh my god. Oh god, no, no. I'm. I'm forever cursed to never. Yes. Oh, yes. When you put it that way, yes, that is when what it, happened. When you, when you put it that way, I'm a garbage human. Um, <laughs> great, uh, perfect. <laughs> Anyways, what's your what's your next list, Jeremy? In Alex's defense, I even told him before we started, this is the bad list, and now we're gonna play the second game is the good list, and here's the good list. However, the good list. Well, real quick, before he does so, we need to preface this by also saying that, that, that the game was interesting because we played Relocation Orb. So in terms of points destroyed, I probably would have killed a lot more. However, there's one particular unit that we do want to, uh, I, want, I would like to review that is fantastic in the Slaves of Darkness Army because of how almost unkillable it is. But this is also the list where we took a, I took a note from our 
friend Michael Burke's, uh, uh, you know, conversation in our episode last week, John. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try these crawlers out. Let's see what the hype's about. And so I use one crawler in the list. Uh, I say, Jeremy, you roll for uh, you roll for the realm. You roll for the mission. He rolls relocation orb. He rolls the realm of shadow. And Jeremy, what uh, what realmscape did you roll? You rolled that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh shit! I was the one who rolled it. It wasn't I. Yeah. I rolled for the first one. I rolled for the first one. I rolled for Sh- uh, realm of Shaiish, uh in total conquest. Yeah. Okay. So I roll for it. My bad. And it's the uh, realmscape feature where um, the maximum range of all spells and attacks is 12 inches. So it's like, oh great. I, uh, my Mortec Crawler can't be a Mortec Crawler in this game. Um, but even when it, it did get to shoot every single turn, except for the first turn, and it just didn't do shit. Um, it's, it's, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think the Crawler's a trap. Um, stalkers would have fundamentally changed the game for me. Um, however, uh, yeah, you had a Mortal-centric army. Uh, no Everchosen, no Archeon. Only one demon, essentially, in the entire list in the form one of demon prince. One very important demon. Yeah. One very important demon prince. <laughs> Jeremy, let him have it. Let's talk about this list. Let's talk about Nurgle's Garden. All right. So uh, we dubbed it Nurgle's Garden, which is not like, uh, and I said we, I mean, like that's some of the folks on Team America. But it's it's actually a concept that was taken from a previous list that used to be around when the old Plague Touch Warband was around. Uh, but effectively, the list that's designed—I mean, for my sub allegiance, we picked—I picked the spoilers because I think they're by far the best saves the darkness uh, sub allegiance uh, from a like a uh, for that army. Effectively, the the, the way it's revolving around is it uses some uh, sp- special—I'm going to call them special mechanics of Nurgle. Uh, one of them is this demon prince and uh, the army uh, is a mark of Nurgle demon prince and they were updated for this book. And in fact, so much so that Games Workshop has now dubbed the Slave to Darkness demon prince instead of just generic demon prince. Uh, so if you go in the app, I think you can still see the old demon prince uh, rules. Uh, but the point is they they basically gave the demon princes from the Saves of Darkness lost the wizard status. I remember, they used to have it, right? And they used to also... Uh, only the Zinch one okay. had the wizard status. Well, even actually. The, even the Zinch one lost that status, and yeah. um, they gave them all like a, a a command ability based on like if they're which mark they are or you know which god they're supporting and if they're undivided. But I'm going to focus on the one that's important for this, uh, even though I think all of them are pretty good, uh, except maybe for the undivided one, the Sunesh one. But like the Zinch ones are pretty good, especially in a change host list. Uh, the 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 corn one is pretty good, uh, you know, in a, especially in a Tyrants of Blood list. Uh, you know, go, I, you guys can dig up uh, and read those on, on your own. But the Nurgle one is, uh, you know, drum roll because this is the most stupid rule uh, ever written by uh, somebody at Games Workshop, I think. Um, you you basically target an unfriendly Nurgle unit, and I think it's actually specifically Nurgle Mortal. Uh, uh, slaves to Darkness Nurgle. Yeah. It can be any Slaves to Darkness Nurgle. Slaves to Darkness Nurgle unit. When your opponent rolls an unmodded six to hit that unit, that opponent will suffer D3 mortal wounds at the end of the phase. Now, the question is... No, it's actually not at the end of the phase. It's after the attacks yeah, have sorry, been resolved. the attacks have been resolved. And it's... I think the rule was meant to be like, hey, if they roll a single six, they take a D6, D3 mortal wounds. But the way it's written is... Anytime you roll unmodded six to it, you take D3 mortal wounds back. So, By the way, this works against shooting yeah. and melee. Yeah, it doesn't specify what No restrictions. Yeah, no restrictions. Unlimited range. Yep. And so, uh, 
you know, that's kind of like the what the list is built around is that commandability. Uh, and that Demon Prince is no slouch either. It's really hard to kill them in the display list because they get a stock five up shrug. Uh, they get the ability to make a train feature after the end of their movement, like immune, like basically blocks line of sight, like Sylvanip Wildwoods. Uh, so it's like if you're trying to kill that thing and shooting at good luck, I guess. Uh, and then if you're trying to kill it in melee, good luck because it has a three up save of a five up shrug. So it's like it's pretty annoying. Uh, oh, interesting. Demon princes don't have the monster keyword anymore. No, they don't. Wow. So they can get cover and look out, sir. Yeah. And the Mark and Nurgle one Holy is crap. stupid because he's his aura is minus one to hit and shooting. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, and exploding sixes on damage roll for unmodded sixes to wound. So when's up happening? Yeah. Or the one unit three times. So every six is 3d3 mortal wounds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, mean, I assume I assume that some of these things are going to be FAQ'd. Yeah, they have to. I assume that like the you you only can target um something once. I bet they're gonna make it only work in melee. I think a couple of these things are gonna be FAQ'd, but like as is, it's insane. Yeah. And uh and for the most part. In our game against Alex, actually, like I ended up rolling um, not that many command points because I actually took the relic from the spoiler that gives you an extra D3 command points to start the game. And I also had an Aetherbrook brooch. And uh, I actually only got a... You're also on commanding terrain as well. commanding terrain. And I actually only refund... Out of like the eight CPs I used in that game, I only only refunded one. And then out of the D3 I got extra at the beginning of the game, I got one. So it was like... It was not like I. Uh, it wasn't that great, but it, it, the point is, like, even just one CP on a unit is just so heart wrenching. Especially when like the units you're fighting are literally almost near unkillable. Like if you thought more tech guards were bad, well, guess what? Chaos warriors are just as bad. Chaos yep. knights just as bad. Uh, if you have. Yes, Chaos Warriors got the, you know how they used to have on if you have twenty more models you reroll ones on saves. Now they reroll all saves on ten or more units of ten. Oh, it's ten or more yeah. instead of twenty or more. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So if you have ten or more, they reroll all saves. Yep. So he had. A, I just want to let you guys know that he had a unit of fifteen Chaos Warriors, right? Um, and they were near a war shrine. And they were near someone else, which gave them something yeah. else too. So essentially, they had a re-rollable four-up save. They then were able to get a five-up shrug, uh, then a six-up shrug, then I think a second six-up shrug. No, they, is that right? Have a, so the mechanic, what Alex is pointing at is I... Oh, with mortal wounds. Yeah. Five-up for the mortal wounds, then a six-up, then a six-up. No. Otherwise, it's a... Free rollable oh. three up. It's a five up from Mortal Wounds, a five up from the Nurgle Harmringer, the uh, Decay or Harmringer of Decay, uh, which is an ally in the list uh, because his mechanic is a uh, command ability is all mortal units of Nurgle within seven inches get a five up shrug uh, from him. And it, that one is mortal, Nurgle Mortals. And guess what? All of them except for the Demon Prince are Nurgle Mortals in the army. So uh, he gives a five up shrug, and then the war shrine is all slaves to darkness units. Holy of an eighteen get a well, it degrades, but holy of an eighteen for the first bracket get a six up shrug. So the chaos warriors are with shields are five up shrug against mortal wounds, five up shrug from the Nurgle armor, and six up shrugs from the war shrine with reroll saves. So you're like, 
good fucking And then the level. Nurgle shrine, the war shrine gives you reroll wound rolls and if you're Nurgle plus one save. So you're looking at a three off rerollable save and the key there with the chaos warriors is unlike Mortec guard, the reroll save is always active, so it also works against shooting. Yep. Yes, correct. So well, Jeremy, that can't, you know, that can't be like that's just 15 chaos warriors. Well, what if I told you you could do the exact same thing with 10 chaos knights? and still keep the 15 Chaos Warriors, and still be in the same army. Well, you can, because Games Workshop decided it was okay to create the Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is- the most criminally under-costed unit in the game. Yeah, especially since they made him more durable. He gave him a 4-up save. Yeah. They gave him an extra wound, uh, and they made his ability, his stock ability, Oracular Visions, used to be only reroll ones for saves, Night rerolls. You target a unit holier than twelve, and they reroll all saves. Yeah, no, it, it, it's because it used to be you. Uh, it was an auto go. You didn't have to roll for it. It wasn't a spell, and you basically just pass out a mystic shield. It was pretty dope. Now it's a pass out of reroll saves. Good to go. Like for free, no need for rolls, no deny abilities. Just here's reroll saves, yeah, and it gets worse. And then his spell got better. Yeah, it gets worse. Go on, Jeremy. It gets worse. His spell is uh, effectively the same thing as it used to be, except now it just rerolls all hits, not just failed, all wounds for a cast value of six for a unit. It's insane. Like, it's just criminally insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and John, here's the kicker. Guess how much that Chaos Sorcerer costs. Just take a guess. It's 110. So, like... Most casters are at 140, 160, and this guy's sitting here with one of, an amazing spell, an amazing passive ability. He's 110 points. Yeah. And uh, and uh, to give you even more context, remember I told you like all the heroes that are marked have auras? Well, that guy has the same aura as the Demon Prince. He's minus one to hit and shooting, and gives exploding sixes of wound rolls uh, an extra damage on profile. So... In the list I played against Alex, I was running one of those and a Chaos Lord on foot because I wanted the CP for double activation mechanic for the Chaos Knights. But honestly, you might as well just take two Chaos Lords. They're the exact same cost. I'd rather have the 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 extra cast and unbind and being able to buff two different units of that role. Because like as much as the Chaos Warriors have it, you could just trade those Chaos Warriors for Chaos Chosens. And you, their Chaos Chosens are more melee, faster movement uh, than Chaos Warriors and have mortal wound mechanics from hit rolls. And then they're like prime t- candidates for for that for that buff as well as the reroll saves because they don't get it like Chaos Warriors do. It's just, I, I don't understand what's up with this all, like giving all these armies just straight up reroll saves mechanic, especially in an army that walks around of like ways to give, to give better save characteristic values to units. So... Yeah. Yeah, and the Chaos Knights are like if if it makes matter worse, by the way, about how hard it is to kill things. So all the characters in that army, it didn't come up in our game and for Alex, but all the characters in that army have a mechanic at the start of the hero phase where you can uh, on a four up heal D three wounds on on each hero. Oh great. Oh man, I would I would have been ooh, the salt would have flowed. Yeah. For sure. So, like well, no, it would it would have mattered. I I did some damage to that demon prince. Yeah, but it was the last turn, and then like it was like irrelevant. But the point that and it, I just I don't know. Like I I just looked at the, the spoiler sub allegiance, and they're just like 
like wow this army gets so much tools the command trade is great too from it uh i don't know if you took a look at that uh garrett but like having the ability to give d3 units in your army a five inch move at the start of the game especially oh my god with an army that's either fast with cav or slow with like six inch to five inch movement warriors like i, I don't know i just i i, I yeah what what <laughs> uh, um my gut reaction overall in the conclusion in our game is that uh I've learned some valuable lessons about maybe not taking warriors and taking chaos chosen uh, and dropping the knights because I don't know if the knights really like, I mean, they're really good, but I feel like it's either you go one way or one unit, not necessarily both. But my key takeaway is whatever the hell the idiot is that play tested this book didn't do a good job. Oh, but we forgot one key component guys. If it, if it didn't get worse, here's how it gets worse. Uh, the battalion. We didn't talk about the battalion. Oh, right. The battalion. <laughs> No, so John, remember, remember, remember the Chaos Demon Prince command ability. Now we'll talk about the battalion, the Plague Touch, Warp. Plague Touch Warp. And uh, <laughs> I like his voice. Where it's like, okay, uh, yeah. So every six to hit against the unit, you take D three mortal wounds. Then Plague Touch Warband. Every six to wound you do against the unit, you take one mortal wound. Oh, hey, uh, Jeremy! Remember when I had? Remember when uh, I had one round of combat where you, I killed half of my own guys? Um, remember how I killed half of my own guys through attacking you because I did twelve mortal wounds against myself because I rolled like four sixes to hit, so forty-three, and then like another three sixes to wound. Yeah. 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 yeah, that makes and sense. That 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 adds up. Especially in an army where it's like you get rewarded for rolling sixes, like uh, because of Nadrite weapons, or if you play against plague monks, and like there's no more negative impact to the game where basically you're punishing your opponent for rolling a six. Well, what's even worse is you fight against like a city as a Sigmar player who's got like a bunch of shots, and they're really proud of how many shots they do, and then you just start eliminate, and they don't have mortal wound protection, and then these. Uh, these entire units of like Arcanaut Company or other such like ranged units just vaporize from like thirty six inches or twenty four inches because of these abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool though. It's, it's I mean, fair. I don't have much sympathy for. It's uh, all fair. You know, it's all fair. It's, yeah, it's I don't, I don't for guys who it's like sixty shots, twos and twos, rend two, one damage. Like, I, I don't really have much sympathy for those guys dying. But outside of that, yeah, no, I get your I get what you're saying, uh, Alex. Yeah, all the war bands got rolled in. Yeah, they're called cultists now. But we, uh, I mean, if we want to do like a quick, like, uh, high lows of like, you know, pro, uh, winners and losers of the book, well, firstly, yeah, there's no losers. Marauders, there's no losers. Marauders are high winners. Yeah, Marauders went up in points, but they, they basically they kept their, kept everything that they used to have. Yeah, and, and then some. And then some. And then, uh, uh, I'm gonna, you know, not. To, I'm sure we'll talk over the next few weeks of like cool combos you can do. But uh, they also uh, look up the mind stealer Finks uh, if you wanted uh, some cool like uh, unit. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the spell lore of the book is stupidly good, and I I just don't understand. Like I think the writer is a new guy in the team, and uh, you know, it's just like the Matt Ward special, except you know he invoked the spirit of Matt Ward into uh, AOS. So, anyway. I yeah. 
Yeah, well, we're going to have to see how this plays out, uh, especially with, you know, again, LVO right around the corner here. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like John, we, it sounds like we might have sold John in a whole new army. Heck yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have to see where things go, especially with that FAQ uh, that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. We uh, should definitely start putting bets in to see what things will be completely ignored that shouldn't have been ignored and maybe what things should have been, uh, ended up getting uh, changed or, or amended that you know didn't need to get looked over. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, thank you again to all of our listeners. And if you do like this episode, be sure to like it on um, or rate uh, our Facebook page, Wide World of Wargaming, as well as uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is going to be Alex, John, Garrett, and Jeremy signing off for the night. Have a good night. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit.